You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, folks. It's a holiday, but that does not stop the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jake. That is Brian. Brian, what is up? Jake, there are no days off when it comes to the Locked On Utes podcast. Monday through Friday, we grind through it all. But a happy Martin Luther King Day to everyone out there listening. We hope that you take the time to reflect and be thoughtful and enjoy the day. Yeah, but we got plenty to cover on the Utah side of things today. We need to recap yet another humbling loss for the Utah running Utes in basketball. Also need to talk some football going on uh, with the Utes. Kyle Whittingham's program, some early enrollees, uh, some transfer, I guess one transfer target in theory, deciding on another school. There's plenty to get to on that front. And also women's gymnastics, a hard-fought loss in Norman, Oklahoma against the Sooners. So plenty to get to on a Monday to recap the weekend that was for the Utes. So Brian what do you say should we get going here yeah i I would love to but i I just need to warn you that basketball doesn't exist right now at the university of utah jake oh it doesn't exist is it it over we've just declared it (laughs) fake news and we're moving on (laughs) listen i i don't make the rules but those are the rules that when your team is not good it doesn't exist it's perfect it's a very good point without further ado let's get into it here by the way today's show our title sponsor is built bar go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on save yourself 20 percent on your next order we'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's podcast all all right, here we go. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for January 18th, 2021. Once again, welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. I'm Jay Catch. That is the brown bear in the chair himself, Brian Brown. We are your co-host duo that cover Utah athletics each and every day. And once again, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to all of you out there listening in. But nonetheless, there's plenty to talk about. Brian, how was your weekend first off? Jake, I I had a great weekend. Uh, I did a lot of sleeping because there's not really a whole lot to do. We're still in the middle of a pandemic for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's oddly enough, bears such as myself don't have a lot of winter activities to participate in. So uh, between that and and watching a lot of NFL football, I, I took it easy. Hey, no, nothing wrong with that at all. Mine was very similar. I watched a little bit more basketball as well. Jazz and NBA action, also college hoops. And that's where we're going to start today. Uh, as Brian said, it may be we don't ex- we're going to pretend like it doesn't exist. It still needs to be acknowledged. Another tough, hard-fought loss if you're the Utah basketball program. This game, Brian, is, I think, well, okay, not three. It's very frustrating for Utah fans to swallow the fact that they had another big first half lead. This one, a 15-point lead, the highest it got. But you had a cellar dweller in Cal who, in the second half, scores 50 points and looks night and day different from the first half. And Utah suffers their third loss in a week at home. It was it, it, as much a tale of two halves as, as you could have. I, I, I know that it's been disappointing this year to watch Utah in the second half in a lot of these games, but this one was by far the worst because they were in cruise control against Cal early on. Larry Kraskoviak said in his postgame comments that 
he felt like the four games in, in about a week span really took, took their legs out from underneath them. But at the same time, you saw early half contributions from Ian Martinez. You saw Lahat Chun step up and, and make some big plays and, and, and get some time. And it, it was good to see him make some progress, but it is clear that he is still thinking out there so much about what he is supposed to be doing. And so it's, it's fairly understandable why he's not playing very much. And this Utah team just does not have a lot of margin for error in most of these games right now, but it was just an awful, awful second half to watch. It, it was one of those things where I would watch Tyler Huntley step up, and make some really great plays against uh, the Bills and almost lead the Ravens to a, a miraculous comeback. I, I guess not almost, like, but fun to watch him make some plays. And, and so I'm tweeting about it and having fun, like I like to do. And uh-huh. Big team fun guy over here. Start watching the second half of the basketball game, and, I, and I, I just get this pit in my stomach, and it wasn't because I had a whole pizza to myself like it normally is, <laughs> it, or, or 60 cookies, you know. Um it was because the basketball was so bad to watch. And, and there's so much to talk about here. Rylan Jones has just not been able to find whatever it was. I, I, we joke about it, but somebody told me that ever since Rylan Jones hit puberty, he's really struggled to play basketball. And, <laughs> and, you know, Bill Walton said that when he first saw him, he thought he was a team manager. And, and that was, that was tough to see because he's playing so much, but he's just not having any kind of impact on the game for a positive. And so, you know, all that stuff put together, it just led to such a – I don't even know how to describe the second half. I mean, you watched just the second half. What did you think? So I came in at a very bad time, let's put it that way, because I, yeah. I actually caught the tail end of the first half, and then okay, I'm like, okay, well, Utah, okay, not a, not a great end of this first half here, but my thought was they're going to come out in the second half, and this is a Cal team that's not playing without their best player – they should come out, establish control, and then just roll to a victory here. Actually, what happened was they came out and got steamrolled. And that's, that's, that's the problem. Is they came out and looked flat, looked like, okay, you know what, whatever, pretty laissez-faire uh, type of attitude about it. And Cal took it right to them. They, they, and it, it was over after that. And, man, this is, this is frustrating because – this is the third time in four games where Utah has played a pretty good first half, in some cases a stellar first half, and then the second half just come out and just looked like they didn't care almost in, in a way. And it, it's frustrating because you're right. Guys like Ryland Jones, it indicates to me that the sophomore slump is extremely real for this young man. And it's disappointing because he's playing a lot of minutes, like you said. He, he's getting a lot of opportunities that you would think at some point he's going to break out of it has not been able to do so. So you just look at this, and the theme keeps popping up. I had people, when I was tweeting about it, tweeting at me saying, well, that's a coaching issue. Well, that's a player issue. Guys, it can it can be a myriad of different issues that go into it, but the problem is it's a trend that keeps repeating itself, and you can't afford to have that. Yeah, I don't think anything that's wrong with that program currently is solved by just hiring a new coach or – whatever moves you want to make in in terms of the administration, it's a team issue overall from top to bottom. And, and, you know, I I don't want to harp on Ryland because there were some good things. We saw Pella Larson start to to emerge a little bit and and take over. He hit a three late in the game and was fired up and clapping. Mm -hmm. Saw some good energy from him late. Timmy Allen finally stepped up and and stepped into that leadership role of, of trying to lead them out of the despair. But I just... 
what's what's your why right now if you're a Utah basketball player? Where's your want to at? You know, Brandon Carlson had a couple nice defensive plays, and then they let Grant and Antisovic just go off, and and that's I don't know how you do that. They're they're just making it's so weird how they can play with such great momentum through the first half, and then all of a sudden that switch just goes off in the second and it's like they completely forget about everything that they did earlier. And, and we can talk about halftime adjustments. I don't know how much you can really change in terms of the defense, right? Like, I yeah. mean, you can change how you're covering a pick and roll, but there's not a ton of pick and roll being run by other teams. It's just basically what it comes down to is your efforts just not there. And and it was good to see Timmy Allen finally step up there later in the game. He had a really great game. 20 was it 26 or 28 points. I believe 26, 26 points. Yeah. Yeah. But seven turnovers and, and, you know, Riley Batten, who is supposed to be one of the better shooting guys on this team was one for five from three. And, and so as you walk down this, I pointed at Ryland Jones, first and foremost, there's really not a player other, other than, you know, Alfonso Plummer had an off night, only eight points, mm-hmm. uh, two assists, one steal, uh, just one turnover for him. You know, so, so coming off the bench and and still providing a little bit of spark, but missed two th- free throws at the end of the game that that could have helped put Utah ahead. And so, I will concede where Larry Kuskoviak's coming from when he's in the post game that their legs were just not underneath them to a degree. But at the same time, watching Larry's body language throughout the game, he was on the verge of falling apart. Yeah, and. and you know, he is a very intense individual. Like, if you ever look him in the eyes, it feels like you are getting, like, every yeah. single action that you've ever – oh, you stole cookies when you were eight years old? I'm going to tell your mom about that. It's that kind of intimidation. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. Larry's comments in the post game. I, I always – always try to reinforce this. When you're talking in a post game, coaches are never talking to fans. They're rarely talking to reporters. They're almost always talking to their team or trying to send a message of some sorts. Right. And, and so he was very defensive of his effort in terms of they were tired. So I'm sure that he probably saw it on him that they were, you know, emotionally drained or whatever from, from the number of games. I don't know how much I buy that, but I, I see where he's coming from because he is at a crossroads right now with his team where if he goes on the attack and really just railroads them like they probably deserved, he could risk losing the team entirely. And and I thought that there was enough positive at the very, very end. Timmy Allen reengaging, trying to lead this team. Alfonso Plummer tried to hit those shots. It was just terrible execution. And and I don't know how you change that, but a lot of these guys just got to stop playing scared and stop playing like they're trying to make, or try not to make mistakes and just go out and play some basketball already. Yeah, it's the mentality of playing to win versus playing to lose. Or trying it to is, and, and that's a tough thing when you're young, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I can sit here, you know, in my 30s and and have a litany of mistakes in sure. in, in my column here, where it's like, okay, yeah, I, I realize I made a lot of mistakes, but I made it through. And and when you're 21, you don't always have that kind of mindset. Yeah, and I kind of said that wrong. It's playing to win versus playing not to lose. So that, that, right. that playing to lose is, is a very that's the wrong term. But it, we'll see. They've got a road trip this week as they go to the Washington schools. Washington State on Thursday. Washington on Sunday. They already beat Washington once, and Washington is the absolute dregs of the Pac-12 right now. But man, at this point, can we say any game for Utah right now is a, is a winnable game? I don't think we can. And that, and that That's the tough part about it is the Cal game has now taken away every sense of us saying, well, this is a winnable game for them. They should win this one because you just lost the one that we thought you would win. So it's tough. Right. 
Yeah, this was it was it would have been nice to get out of that with two and two, you know, two wins, two losses. I thought Dave Pash was spot on when when he said this is a good Utah basketball team. They're not the best team in the conference, but they should be top four, top five. I I, I think UCLA is a great basketball team. I think Oregon is a good basketball team as well. I think USC is proving that they have a lot of talent there uh, as they're starting to run through the conference. I don't know how good the Pac-12 really is. Colorado is a great basketball team, right? Mm-hmm. They're another iteration of a tad Boyle special yeah this conference i don't know how good they are in comparison but but utah should be able to compete with those teams you know in, in the upper half of it and they're not yeah that that's the best part about it. like it's the worst part of it is this is a talented team you can see the talent with utah it, they just not been able to put it together and that, that's the frustrating part as a fan sitting there watching it so uh we'll see what happens this week we'll preview those washington games the washington state game on thursday also the washington game on sunday later on this week on the podcast we'll get to that but coming up here in just a moment brian we need to flip gears and talk a little utah football a couple of news and notes out there Team workouts beginning today for the Utes as they reconvene in Salt Lake City to get ready, I guess, ostensibly for the 2021 season upcoming. We'll talk a little bit about all of that here in just a moment. But before we do that, let's take a minute and talk to you guys about our good friends at betonline.ag. Brian, uh, many people yesterday probably watched the NFL playoffs and really enjoyed those games. And probably also Saturday with the doubleheader on Saturday as well. And probably were sitting there thinking, man, this is fun to watch. Well, if you want to get make it even more fun, Put some money, put some skin in the game, and do it with Bet Online. It's the easiest way to get paid to watch sports. Uh, you and I have the tough job, right? Like we have to yeah. do things and, and record podcasts and write stories and, and actually work. Why not just put a little bit of a wager on the game? And the best part about it is if you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you get 50% extra. Yeah, and think about that. If you so you go to betonline.ag, sign up for that account, like Brian said, you'd make your first deposit, whether it's ten bucks, whether it's a hundred bucks. Well, if it's ten bucks, you're getting fifteen bucks in your account. If it's a hundred bucks, you're getting hundred and fifty. It is free money for you guys to play with, and it's real simple, like Brian said. Use the promo code locked on when you get to betonline.ag. Love this company. There's one place that we trust and one place that we prefer to put our wagers in, and that's our good friends at Bet Online. So don't waste any time. Get off the couch, get in on the game, folks, get that skin in the game as i like to say and do it with bet online your online sportsbook experts pick it up all right here we go coming out in three two and one all right, Brian, as I just mentioned, talking about our good friends at Bet Online. By the way, make sure you take advantage of that. Also, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast if you want to get the insider knowledge on where to place your bets. Do that with our good friends at Bet Online and also the Locked On Bets podcast. But the NFL playoffs played out over the weekend, and obviously, former Utah players were in action. The first guy I want to talk about, and it might be the, the where it begins and ends, was to see Tyler Huntley on the field, surprisingly, for the Baltimore Ravens and what he he was able to do Huntley was definitely not expected to play uh, on Saturday Lamar Jackson it, it, kind of almost by bad luck he became uh, the backup quarterback Lamar Jackson leaves with an injury Tyler steps in and, and I tweeted out that it was one of the most stressed uh, times I've been watching a game in recent memory you know you you watch enough of these games and cover them and and your perspective changes a little bit but I felt like a nervous father watching their little leaguer play for the first time and 
little rocky to start, right? Like he overthrows Hollywood Brown on, on a wide open pass and then stepped right in and, and just let him march down the field. They were so close to getting that touchdown. I, I said J.K. Droppins, but if J.K. Dobbins catches that pass, then he's in for six. And it was really cool to see Al Michaels say he looks like a 10-year vet out there. And I think Utah Twitter was having a lot of fun with that. You know, BYU Twitter was, was chirping back with, the, oh, now you guys are, are excited about Utah quarterbacks. And, you know, the rivalry will never die. And, and I think if you can just find the fun in it, then that's not yeah. a bad bad thing at all but it really was great to see him step in and have a moment sure yeah and that, that's the thing about it is it was cool to see him come into a game which he was cold off the bench coming into uh, it's been a pretty interesting rise for him going from the practice squad to the active roster rg3 robert griffin the third's been the backup most of the year but then uh, injury concerns and, and the like have forced tyler huntley into that backup spot but you're right it was cool to see al michaels lauding some praise his way it was fun to see tyler move that offense that was the funnest part about it is many backups in the nfl you feel like when they come in you're like Oh boy, here we go. Chad Henney yesterday for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Early on when he first came in, people were like, oh no, what are we doing here? Chad Henney still playing bat- football? Like, are we? <laughs> it's just one of those things. But it was cool to see Tyler have some success, get out there, and give it a good run. Yeah, it's funny to see what a player can do when you let him cook a little bit. And, and you know, I, I know that Kyle Whittingham is very protective of his kitchen, but uh, Tyler is a guy that I think they really worked hard with to teach him, you know, it, the efficient plays. And it showed up there when you when you let him free him up a little bit to just be himself and he can have some fun and, and be electric and, and use his legs a little bit to move the football. It, it really, you know, opened up the game and it was exciting there for a little bit. And, and you know, Dobbins drops as a pass. I think it was Andrews, the tight end. Tyler threw a great ball over the top. He got one hand on it, but couldn't reel it in. Couldn't get two feet in bounds. Uh, a lot to ask of Tyler Huntley for an offense that has really struggled for the entire game to lead them back, especially against the Buffalo Bills, who who look like a, a really, really strong uh, opponent, you know, or, or, or contender, I think, for the Super Bowl. Um especially with Patrick Mahomes Mahomes status up in up in the air but he was without a doubt the uh the highlight of of, of the weekend for Utah fans I, I think Marcus Williams had, had a pretty good game and a losing effort yep. for the Saints uh we didn't see any Bryant much of Brian Allen I should say as the Browns lost to the Chiefs um you know and and the Rams losing uh to uh Green Bay and the the run of, of Matt Gay, but I think he'll probably have a good opportunity to be back next year with the Rams. So not a lot of, of Utes left in the playoffs necessarily, but some exciting moments for them for sure. And and it's it makes it better for the program. I think it's more entertaining for Utah fans. I, I know for sure BYU fans enjoy watching when their players are playing on you know, Sioni Takitaki, uh, I think got uh was it LeBron was tweeting about him or, or yeah. whatever last the week the before. Six, you know? yeah. no, but it's just yeah. fun. If, if you're a fan of a local team, it's just fun to see these guys having success because they're guys you've invested time in, money in, and going to watch for years and years. To see them succeeding at the next level, it's just fun to do. And I, The Tyler Huntley thing for me was spectacular because I think a lot of people maligned him. Well, he can't do this to the next level. He's never going to be an NFL quarterback. And to finally see him go in there and get an extended run and show, no, he he, he can move an offense in a pinch. He can do, he does just fine. So I, I'm not going to say that Tyler Huntley is going to be getting a big time contract and become a starting quarterback anytime soon, 
but it's nice to see guys like that be given their opportunity and they go in there and have success. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not taking the job over for Lamar no. Jackson by any stretch. I, I think that's one part about backup quarterbacks when we see them come in in the middle of a game. It, it's such a change for the defense that that mm-hmm. tends to lead to a lot of the success. And, and as teams start to adjust and or can put together an entire game plan for one, it, it will really dead end him. But what I think it does is I think it parlays an opportunity for him to be on a roster next year. Sure, Teams have proof of concept. They have proof of development. They can see that he can get in there and make, make plays. And, and in such a deep moment i think that's probably something that would be very appealing to me if i'm a gm that my third string or my second string quarterback can come in in such a big moment and perform and and do well that would be something to where i'm looking at that and thinking to myself hmm yeah, okay, I can take this kid. Yeah, it, it's a matter for a guy like Tyler Huntley right now. Secure your spot in the NFL for at least another year or two and keep collecting those checks and get towards that NFL pension. I, I've talked to many players who have played in the NFL. For many players, unless you're a transcendent star, you're looking, okay, I need to make it to this point where I get that pension locked in, and then after that it's all gravy at that point. It's all about grinding, man, and it, it I'm glad to see Tyler Huntley doing well and I do think that's going to open up some opportunities for him here in the next little bit whether it's with the Ravens or one of the other 31 NFL franchises out there absolutely and and, and you want to see those guys have success and, and get a little bit of, of good fortune it's so hard to make it on an NFL roster to start with yes so if you've got an opportunity you can take advantage of it good for you and, and wishing the best for him going forward and all and all the youths I think it was a pretty good year overall for for everybody um, it'll be you know I think Julian Blackman and, and Jalen Johnson were guys that had really superb rookie seasons. Uh, Garrett Bowles landed a big extension from the Broncos. Well-deserved for a guy that's been really maligned. And I think that's another part about this too, is is that these are all guys that are showing in the next, the next level, the kind of mental toughness that was developed at Utah. And I think that's a great pitch for Kyle Whittingham when he's out on the recruiting trail. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd be hammered on that if I, I'm a guy like Kyle Whittingham or any of his assistants. I'd be pointing to all those guys saying, they learned how to do this here. You can do the exact same thing. It's a great recruiting tool. And speaking of recruiting, Brian, it was a good run in the transfer portal last week for Utah, but we saw a one former U and one guy who was thought to be a target for Utah land at the same school. And what I'm speaking of is Fresno State. Ty Jones, the former Washington standout wide receiver, landing there. There was some thought that that he, he might come home to Utah, and whether he lands at BYU or Utah, he's playing close to home. But he decides to be a Bulldog. And then additionally, former four-star prospect and former Utah running back Jordan Wilmore also signing with the Bulldogs. Yeah, a really surprising landing spot for, for both of those players. I, I don't have a whole lot of inside information on why Ty Jones landed at, at Fresno State. That You can make the, uh, the connection that Jake Hayner, who was a quarterback at Washington, is now there. Uh, uh, same with Jordan Wilmore. I, I, I just, I wonder what kind of a reputation you, you get going into the portal from other power five schools. If you're transferring away from a program like Utah or Washington and, and you haven't been able to make it on the field as much as, as maybe you or others have expected, yeah. um, you know, and, and I think with Jordan Wilmore, like it's more of a, a situation of just, you know, it was clear that Ty Jordan, was 
was a, you know a, an electric player um and you know once he entered the enter, entered the portal you know utah has stuck to their guns on that respect and, and said we're not going to go chase you once you're in there we kyle whittingham has made it abundantly clear that when you make that decision that's you leaving the program and we are not going to go back and chase you and like it or not like you have to stick to those kinds of rules it's like gambling i don't know how much gambling you do but when i go play blackjack i have my rules that i'm going to stick to at the table you know if i'm going to double down i'm going to double down on this you know if i'm going to take a hit i'm going to do it to to, to make sure the table stays you know stays happy and and stays getting paid i'm not going to screw everybody else over just to try and beat the dealer in a hand it's the same thing with football programs you have to stick to your rules and, and utah did I actually think it's a great landing spot for both of them. I think that Fresno State is a program that's on the come up. Jeff Tedford did a good job of of setting the uh, uh, setting the tone coming back there and, and, until he left, uh, and then Caleb DeBoer, the new he was the offensive coordinator there. For, was a defensive coordinator? He was a coordinator of some sort for Tedford before he go to Indiana for a time. I believe he was offensive coordinator, but he's done a good I job of kind right. of carrying on the torch of what uh, Tedford did, kind of rebuilding that program. And they have become a transfer uh, market team. They, like they, there are a lot of transfers land there, and they've actually done a good job integrating them and using them to great success. So uh, I'm going to wish the best for a guy like Ty Jones. He's had his injury concerns at Washington. Jordan Wilmore, like he said, Kyle Whittingham sticking to his guns. You decide to enter the portal. We ain't going to come uh, begging for you to come back here. But Mountain West, Fresno State, it's actually not a bad landing spot for both, and I wish both of them nothing but the best as they move forward with their careers. Absolutely. And, and Utah was getting a little tight as we talked about, you know, last week a little bit with scholarships and, and, and initials. And I, I think probably when they looked at things and, and evaluated it, they may have looked at the Ty Jordan or uh, excuse me, Ty Jones situation and, and thought to themselves, is it really worth it for us just to get another year out of a guy? And, and I think that there's some validity to that, especially where there are still going to be guys available on signing day. Yeah, and that's you have to kind of weigh that if you're if you're a coach, there's no doubt about that. So, like I said, best of luck to both of them. We'll be tracking them a little bit. I'm sure if anything pops up, we'll pass along anything else. We'll be tracking the transfer portal. We got signing day coming up. There is plenty to cover, and we'll have that all covered for you. But coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up the show, Brian. We need to talk about the Red Rocks, the women's gymnastics program, the number three program in the country. They were on the road taking on the number two team in the country in the Oklahoma Sooners in Norman, a big time showdown between. Between two highly respected programs. We'll break down what happened here with that in just a moment. But let's talk about something you and I both love, and that, that is our good friends at Built Bar. You talk about like coming through in the clutch. There's nothing more clutch than a built bar when you're hungry. Yeah, they are fantastic. The best the highlights I want to hit on with this today. Cover 100% chocolate, folks. Every single bar has got chocolate on it. If you're a chocolate fanatic, you're going to enjoy these. In addition, Brian, they are high-fiber, high-protein, but low-calorie, low-sugar. 18 unique and delicious flavors. They got everything covered that you could want in a protein bar. And the best part is it's good for you, plain and simple. It is, and it's a, it's a great, satisfying snack with a lot of protein. It's it's not going to overwhelm you or give you that tired feeling like a bunch of carbohydrates might. Uh, my favorite flavor is the cookies and cream with along with cherry barcia, and I really love the mint brownie as well. Uh, I like to dabble in the orange a little bit here and there too. Okay. There's a great variety of pack, or you can mix and match and make your own. Um, the, the best part about it, though, is if you go to that Built Bar website, 
20% off with promo code locked on. Yeah, you can save money and enjoy the best tasting protein bars. It's real simple. Go to builtbar.com. Look around, find out what flavors they've got available to you. Like, so we've got 18 different flavors. Brian pretty much hit on all the ones that I really enjoy. One additional one I would mention uh, to you guys is the lemon almond cheesecake. Surprisingly delicious. Give it a shot. So get over to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, save yourself 20% on your next order. Me and Brian can't recommend these bars enough and give them a shot. So, once again, that's builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and enjoy the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. Brian, on our way out the door today, let's get some quick thoughts in here and talk about the Red Rocks. Uh, the women's gymnastics program prides themselves on being one of the elite gymnastics programs nationally. That It's kind of been the standard they have had set for them. They went to Norman, Oklahoma yesterday to face off against the Oklahoma Sooners, the number two team in the country. And things, by and large, started out well for Utah, but then it just kind of fell apart for them, and they suffered a hard-fought loss to the Sooners. Yeah, it started out really strongly on, on, the, on the beam, and then shifted over to the vault, had some uncharacteristic mistakes, or excuse me, started out strong on, on bars, not the beam, uh, had the lead after the first rotation. Um, but just, you know, uncharacteristic mistakes, uh, didn't really give themselves much of an opportunity to, to rebound after that. Uh, an unusual fall by Alexia Birch, uh, in the middle of a set, just all sorts of, I don't want to say calamities, but just, uh, Errors and mistakes that that led them to not be able to finish this one and and close out a a, an opportunity on the road at Oklahoma. But at the same time, great opportunity early in the year for them to to gauge their performance, to to get into a a pressure uh, pressure filled environment and and learn a little bit about themselves as a squad and and be able to go back and, and make some corrections and and. You know, as soon as they get another meetup, I expect them to come out and perform through it as well. Yeah, so the final ended up uh, Oklahoma 197.025, Utah 196.550. And in most people's eyes, Brian, that is a very tight score. But you and I both know as kind of, I wouldn't call ourselves uh, keen observers of gymnastics, but that half point is actually quite a large margin in this sport. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't scores for me are super hard in gymnastics. Yes. And, and 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 you think about it like half point, oh wow, that sounds so close and then you realize like the it's more like a, a not a half a point but more like 50 points, right? It, it, it's crazy. You're right. But nonetheless, Utah will have to bounce back. I, I think that uh, Tom Farden actually had a very good quote, and I saw this in the Desert News when I was reading kind of a recap of it. He says he wants his gymnastics comfortable with being uncomfortable, and that's essentially why he went about putting together a, a match of this magnitude so early on in the season, and I think it will have its dividends for Utah down the road. Yeah, absolutely. This is we talked about it a little bit earlier in the week that this is a team that is a mixture of of, of experienced returners, like I, I mentioned, Alexia Birch, but also a lot of newcomers that they're trying to introduce to it. And I think that's uh, a great opportunity is, is the way I'll describe it to learn a lesson without having massive impact in terms of, or penalty in terms of the rest of your season, and an, an opportunity to, like Coach Varden said, really grow. Uh, moving forward throughout the year. And, and the hope is that you look back at this meet and say, wow, look at all the 
changes that that were made look at all the performance increases that happened afterwards and and the you know the the rest of the year becomes a, a major positive for the for the Red Rocks. Yeah, so we'll keep tracking that. We'll track everything else. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with plenty more to talk about throughout the week. we got plenty of basketball topics to hit on. Plenty of football still to come as well. We'll have it all covered for you each and every day. Brian, any parting thoughts from you as we head out the door here? Man, it, we're, we're, we're getting in the hard stretch now, Jake. So if, if you have things that you'd like us to break down, you know, uh, people love uh, uh, when when there's film breakdowns or things like that if, if there are aspects or, or you know I, I talked about a little bit about what i'd do if i were in charge of the pac-12 so if you have questions or things like that that you'd want to see or hear us discuss let us know at brown bear slc at locked on newts at jacob c hatch not jake catch but jake hatch um let us know we'd love to talk about it this is this is much a community effort as it is just Jake and I sitting here talking into microphones and, and staring at each other through these lovely video cameras that we have. It's absolutely the truth, though. We love hearing your guys' interaction. We would love to do a Twitter mailbag or two this week. We're happy to field anything as a got for, so send those in. But for Brian, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. Enjoy the holiday. We'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Youth Podcast for January 18th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.